you know, I got to identify myself with something that's, you know, not training and not fighting, right? Who is Joey without that? So how did you kind of, like, I guess, start to disassociate yourself with, like, being Joey the fighter? Because obviously that's, like, your main passion. You're a sapper and scrapper, for God's sake. Like, how did you... uh, (laughs) How did you kind of start to find your own identity or be a little bit more comfortable with being just Joey? Stuck in my ways. I'm stuck in the house for most of the day. I'm chasing my dreams or running away. What's going on? What is up? I hope everyone's having a good day. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time you're listening to this or watching this at. Welcome to another episode of Hey Mark, the podcast where I, Mark, like to talk about different things from challenges and adversities that we face in mental health, your entrepreneur life, your work life, or whatever struggles you might be going through. I just like to kind of talk about different perspectives and how that kind of shapes us into the people that we are today. I'm joined again today with Joey, Joey Foy, Sapperton Scrapper. What's going on? Hey, Joe. Uh, really good, man. I'm really happy to be back. I'm looking forward to this for a while. Yeah, man. So we have just gone down with some more restrictions here in Vancouver. We've got a lot of closures of different gyms going on. We've got a lot of different, well, different restrictions all around the world, really, like uh, from not being able to have people over to your place to having gyms closed, tons of different things going on. How, how have you been keeping busy? You've been saying you've been going for walks and stuff like that? Yeah, man. Like, you know, for a little bit I was in my own head about, you know, just like having nothing to do because trading is my life. But then again, like, you know, I got to identify myself with something that's, you know, not training and not fighting, right? Who is Joey without that? Yeah. And I was like, all right, well – Joey loves to cook. So what did I do? I started cooking again, right? Like, I got all this free time um, cooking and going out for walks again. Like, I was actually just talking to you about it. Like, past few days, I've been going on these major walks right across New West and all the way back. I could easily drive to my favorite place, the key. But then I was like, well, why not just walk, right? Like, I need to get that fresh air. I need to get that physical activity again, you know, that I'm missing out on right now. And what better way to do that than get outside and enjoy some fresh air, right? Yeah, man. You know what? You actually just raised up a really good topic. I really like that. Let's kind of chat about that for a while because I feel like throughout my life, there's always been different things that I do from, you know, when I was a teenager, I played a lot of rugby. Right out of high school, I got into kind of like the bodybuilding scene and I I did my first like junior bodybuilding show. And then I kind of started working at a gym and throughout all these different areas of my life, I found like I kind of attached my identity to these things. Like when I was a rugby player, I was Mark the rugby player. When I was in a bodybuilding, I was just posting all over Instagram. I was kind of like Mark the bodybuilder. And then when I worked in the gym, I was like, oh, the the manager at the gym kind of deal. I feel like I always used to attach my identity to like what I was doing. You find like, it sounds like you kind of done the same throughout your early 20s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, who really opened my eyes to this was uh, Kurt. He, when when we first got put into lockdown and when, when the gyms were closed uh, originally, he would always talk about guys that would call the gym and they'd be like, oh, I need to go to the gym. Like, I, I need to do this. This is my thing. Well, it's kind of sad. You know, like, that's your only thing. Like, mm-hmm. in this whole world, that's your only thing. 
right? And um, and I really thought about that. And one of the things that he actually showed me was this interview with a UFC fighter named Dominic Cruz. And he talks about how UFC fighters, after they fight, they go through this whole lot of depression kind of thing. And because they kind of lose sight of their identity, I believe. Don't quote me on that. But that's kind of like the sense of it. And that hit me hard. Like, who who am I? I um, Yeah, I guess you could say I like to fight and I love to train, and I love to coach, right? I, I look at myself as uh, an athlete and as a teacher. Um, but the other things I like to think about is, like, I love to cook, right? Like, when I really want to, I'm the artist when it comes to, like, making furniture and stuff, when I really want to be. Um, also, like, kind of cheesy, but, like, I pride myself in being a really nice and patient man, right? Just being the nice guy. Um, don't you have to be a guy who can wear many different hats, right? Don't think of yourself as this one thing, right? Um, you're a variety of things, and don't get stuck in that one thing. Um, yeah. So how did you kind of, like, I guess, start to disassociate yourself with, like, being Joey the fighter? Because obviously that's, like, your main passion. You're the sapper and scrapper, for God's sake. Like, how did you uh, – <laughs> How did you kind of start to find your own identity or be a little bit more comfortable with being just Joey? Um, it, it takes a lot of time, man. Like, a lot of it, you got to be put into a place where you feel vulnerable and lost. Like, for me, I can't train right now, obviously, right? So, for me, a lot of it came from uh, trying to occupy myself, right? Filling all this time that I have now in the day. So, one thing that I love is going for walks. I don't know how that necessarily say that it identifies me, but that's a huge part of me. Um, like I said, cooking is a huge thing. I'm back to watching cooking videos versus boxing videos all the time, right? Um, but even then, I still watch boxing videos so I can keep my brain sharp and I keep studying, right? That And that identifies me as the coach. Um, but finding yourself in a very, like... Uh, lack of a better world, vulnerable place where you feel kind of empty or lost um, or bored, right? Like, even as simple as, like, I start playing video games again, right? I look at, like, Joey the Kid, right? It's as simple as that, man. Like, you're not just a carpenter. You're not, like, that's the thing. I'm not just a carpenter. I'm, I, I'm a teacher. I'm a fighter. Um, I'm a coach. I'm a friend. Uh, I'm an athlete. I'm a cook, you know, I'm all these different things, right? And that's what makes me, me. Yeah, man, 100%. And I feel like, I feel like you and I are not alone in that. I feel like a lot of people, especially in like their late teens, early 20s, probably even into their 30s, they struggle with that kind of thing in terms of, you know, not knowing who their true self is or where their identity lies because we get so caught up in like what we do on a day-to-day basis or on a weekly basis and that just kind of consumes us and we start to think that our identity is attached to that it really does when i remember being in the trades as a carpenter and trying to force it to be my thing and it really undermined who i was right like i would try so hard wearing the Carhartt jacket outside and trying to be this like hardcore tradesman. It's like, no, I'm not, I'm a, you know, I'm soft. <laughs> right. And I, I tried to be, you know, I try to surround myself and drown myself in the attitude of the tradesman. And, 
I didn't really care about it. I wasn't even that good at it, but it's what I was surrounded by. And it's what I felt like I had to do. And it kind of fell into that peer pressure. Right. Um, it wasn't until later on that I discovered that I was hurting myself by doing that. And now that I'm a variety of, a variety of different things, I'm way healthier. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. A hundred percent. Why do you think it is that like people, I mean, like this is kind of something I don't even know the answer to. This is just a question I randomly got. Maybe you have some more insight on it. Maybe you don't, but why do you think it is that people always like kind of attach their identities to what they do on, on a day-to-day basis? I think cause it's easy, right? It's right in front of you. It's the first thing you can take a hold of. Um, and it's very hard to find out what you really are in my, in my own opinion. Like it, it wasn't easy for me. Um, Cause like for me, I could easily say I'm a coach, right? Like that's it. That's your one thing. But by saying that, it's kind of sad, right? Like, yeah, I'm a coach, but I'm also a brother to all my siblings. I'm an uncle, mm-hmm. right? I told my nieces and nephews, uh, I'm a part of a family inside the gym and outside the gym right um and i feel like just taking hold of this especially if you're in like um a a trade or your job people identify with that in my opinion no that's that's just your source of income man what do you like to do like what do you do for fun that's what identifies you what you do to make money is just a source of income and i don't and i think that's the easy way out right yeah and like i feel like it could be a lot like more confusing or even easier to do that if something that you do for a living is something that you're super passionate about like yourself like you're fighting or coaching or even if you're like a professional athlete like you see this all the time with professional athletes once they retire it's like there's some people that go off and start other businesses you know you look at the guys like conor mcgregor like this guy's starting his own whiskey business now i believe And then there's other guys who, like Joe Rogan, perhaps, like who, you know, retires from fighting when he's at like an early age. And then he just stays consumed in that fighting world, you know, obviously as a commentator for the UFC. It seems like, yeah, it seems like it could be a little bit more difficult to separate your identity from that kind of stuff. If that's something that you continue to do or you're always passionate about, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the answer to that could be. Yeah, I, I've i seen it in so many places, especially in the world of the trades, right? Like, like being in my early 20s and, like, hanging out with all my buddies or, you know, seeing guys I used to see in high school. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm the carpenter. Yeah, I'm the plumber. Yeah, I'm the iron worker. Yeah, I'm this. Yeah, I'm that. Well, but, like, are you? Are you forcing yourself to be that? Like, what do you like to do for fun? right what's your passion uh, i forgot who it was there's was a community and i was watching but like he was talking about like people's hobbies um and how like one person's job is like an accountant but his passion was work um like like really fine woodworking and to me like that's what identifies you not being the accountant but the thing that you like to do in, or love to do on your spare time right? Like, even if it's like reading or playing video games or something, let that identify you versus your career, I guess. And 
the thing is there's nothing wrong with being proud of what you do but you got to remember like that's not the only thing you do that's not the only thing that identifies you yeah and i really like what you were saying earlier about how how like your identity could also just be like yeah you know what i'm a brother i'm an uncle i'm a patient guy like i feel like those those like traits are a lot more identifying to somebody than what they do because you're kind of like a good example and, and I kind of am as well having a couple different careers and going from fighting to being a coach or a carpenter to being a fighter or whatever it was for myself it was you know I jumped all around the workplace from you know working in restaurants to working in a gym to like retail jobs and now I'm in construction so I feel like things like the traits you were talking about, like being a brother, being an uncle, being a generous guy or a patient guy, being, you know, those types of attributes would be a lot more identifying than just like what you do, because what you do could change so often. Exactly. Man. I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more with all those things. And like identifying yourself doesn't always have to be associated with something that you do or you know things that you create or whatever it really also comes down to like the relationships that you have with people or just the outside world and your perspective on many different things don't let it just be limited to i guess what you do physically right yeah yeah man so like working in construction, obviously, there's a lot that, you know, working in the trades teaches you from, you know, hard work and being able to, I guess, like, for lack of a better term, being able to just eat shit when you're an apprentice, like, but what kinds of lessons, like, what, what life lessons, I suppose, have you learned from, you know, first being in the fighting world and then being in the coaching world? Like, what, what, how has that kind of shaped you? Uh, it, it's really made me a patient guy. Um, I'm really happy about that as well. Uh, for me, what teaching, like coaching, um, working in the trades, as well as um, training, has taught me that being patient is key. Um, everyone learns different, and this is something that I've learned through my whole life. Everyone learns different, right? And I think the biggest thing that I've learned is um, there's really no such thing as a bad student, only bad teachers. And like, I believe that to the fullest and I make that my goal because at the end of the day, I'm a teacher, right? People come see me, um, not just to hold pads, but to give them my perspective on different things, as well as I need to coach you differently than I'd coach X, Y, and Z because X, Y, and Z learn different from you. And if I don't get my point across, that means I'm not doing my job, right? My job is to teach and, you know, construction, um, fighting, and, you know, and all these other aspects of my life, even just my, you know, education going through BCIT as well as high school, uh, middle school, elementary school. Um, you see all these teachers, right? And I, I just remember all of them would just kind of like, they'd grind you out. And some kids would sink, some kids would swim. Um, and I don't want to be like those people. I want to be the guy that can teach anybody. Right? I take pride in that. And that's what I've learned through my whole life is one, be patient. Uh, everyone deserves that. And everyone learns differently. Um, yeah, man. Yeah. 100%. I feel like I had that struggle as well. I feel like we might have been similar students growing up, just in the sense that we like to just kind of have fun. And I know that 
for myself, when I found that I had coaches or teachers that I got along with, I was a lot more coachable. And there was sometimes when there was just people that I just straight up didn't get along with, or I didn't absorb information from well, whether, I don't know, maybe it was their teaching style, or maybe it was just my mood during that day. But have you had maybe different clients or people that you've had to teach or coach? Like, have you had someone that started off as like really uncoachable and then you kind of had to learn their learning process and then it was a lot easier? Oh yeah. And, and that's the thing is I never get, I never get mm, upset. I'd say frustrated. I like to use the word frustrated because with frustration, when I tell this to all my clients, if you get frustrated, it means you care right? It means you, you care about the thing that you're doing. You want to get it right. So yes, I do get frustrated sometimes when I'm trying to teach, but I never get frustrated at the individual. I get frustrated with myself because at the end of the day, I need to get my point across and in a way that they understand it as well as retain it. Um, But I also look forward to that because at the end of the day, it makes me a better teacher. Um, I've had uh, a client in the past who had um mild autism and for me i was like okay great and the parent was like what you're not nervous well no like one why should i say no to you right that that's not okay i'm not going to turn you down because of your kid has autism like okay i'm not going to look at it any way different i guess i look at it as an opportunity to push my teaching abilities as well as learn for myself like how can I communicate with this individual differently I look at um I look at that as a very like great opportunity for me as well as my student that I'm teaching um yeah I I look at it all as a challenge I love that stuff man that's one of the things that I love about what I do now that's sick man and that speaks wonders to your character because I feel like even for myself for a second when you were saying that they were they they had autism and that was something that they struggled with i was at first i was thinking like do you think that would pose a challenge and then i realized as you were talking it's like dude this is one-on-one private coaching like you're going at their pace you're going at their speed and i I actually have a really good friend of mine who who does have autism and obviously it's a spectrum so everyone kind of deals with it on a different Mm -hmm. level but this guy no matter what he picks up as a hobby, he's become like a legend at it. Like That's everything sweet. I've seen him do, he, he, I would almost say like he's obsessive with it and it's drove yeah. him to just be excellent at everything he does. He's, he's gotten to go to like national championship level competitions for yo-yoing, but then he's also one of the sickest skateboarders I know. And the guy makes a killing, like a really, a really good living. He makes a lot more money than I do. Just editing photos and videos for different companies. He's he's made a lot of advertisements and branding wow. for different companies. And this guy, like literally everything he starts to try, he excels at because he becomes obsessive with it. So he's like excellent at it. It's insane. That's wicked. That's that's so dope. It's crazy, man. It blows me away. I've even told him, like, I'm like, dude, can you teach me how to do that? And he's like, I gotta be honest, man, you just have to do it for hours on end. Like he is one of the hardest workers I know when he finds something he loves. That's sweet, man. I that that's wicked. Um that makes you so happy. Like connecting back to like what I do, I, I love to see that people that become almost obsessive and 
they can turn into their passion like that. And they have a great eye for detail. Um, and like, also like the way that my world works is I'll, I'll teach people and, you know, a lot of, or a lot of variety of people. And I notice some people pick up on the little things. Some people pick up on the big picture, you know, like I have one client that finds the, the smallest fine details and they master it like that. Whereas the other person, they need to know why are we doing this? What are we doing? Um, as well as where would I use this? Right. And then all these people at the end of the day will paint a very similar picture at the end because they'll all understand, but they all get there a different way. I, I love that, man. Yeah. That's kind of like the learner that I am. I find myself like whenever I'm trying to learn something, I'm like, I got to know the application. I've got to know like yes. when this would be necessary for me, whether yes. it's in construction or like, you know, how we met was when I started, you know, I've done my first couple classes of jujitsu. Now that it's closed down, I'm kind of like going to have to start from square one again. But every time I'm learning something, I'm asking one of my buddies, like Tyler, obviously, you know him. Yeah. I'm asking them like, okay, when would I use this? Like, why would I need to know this? Like, when is this going to yes. be useful for me? Like, that's kind of the yeah. way I like to learn. I love that, man. When I was in construction, um, I had a variety of teachers, but one of my, two of my last teachers that I had, uh, two guys that I worked under, they were framers that grew up framing in like the old school cowboy days. But they were that hybrid where they could teach you as well as be able to turn on that cowboy mentality. Um, but one of the things that I picked up for them that I use in my world is like, like we just talked about is, okay, what are we doing? Uh, how do we do it? And why and when are we going to do it this way? Um, that to me matters so much to the point where in my world that's like we're going to do the jab but we're doing this type of jab the reason why we're doing this type of jab is for this application right and you can do that in tons of different ways and i use that in every aspect of my life now but i need to know why the big picture so for those people that have never worked in construction they've never worked in the trade oh i don't know if i just cut out there but for people that have never worked in the trades or in construction like when you talk about that cowboy mentality, what exactly are you talking about? It's that get it done and risk it all. It doesn't make sense to me, man. Like your wage is the same wage whether you put on that harness or not. Like, you know, I've seen some pretty sketchy stuff and I've seen some guys with pretty bad injuries. And like I have almost, I don't know, I've almost really hurt myself and even lost my life because I had a hint of cowboy mentality. And it's a thing that, in my opinion, it's just gotta go. There's no room for it. Um, at the end of the day, that cowboy mentality uh, won't just hurt you, but it'll hurt somebody else as well. Um, and I remember being a little part of me that was like, oh, that cowboy mentality, you need to have that. No, man, you don't. Like, just do it safely and do it right. Um, that cowboy mentality is just, all testosterone all the time and it to me like some people love it like don't get me wrong some people love it it's just not my cup of tea like especially with the world that i come from you know we literally punch each other in the face none of us got that cowboy mentality right like we do you know a tough thing a tough job or it's like 
where we literally fight each other, right? But there is no cowboy mentality. Um, I remember being in the trades and just like guys would be running across Joyce and yeah, it's cool. I can do that too. Or like climbing roofs without harnesses or like holding on to the rafter and like leaning across to cut something else with a sawzall with one arm and the whole thing's, you know, spitting at you. And it just like, why? Why don't you just set up a ladder and do it right and safe? <laughs> you know, it just didn't, it didn't really make sense to me. Uh, I feel like a lot of the time it's, it's either, you know, guys that have been doing the trade for a really long time, or it's really young guys that feel like they have to prove themselves. Like I, I even do some of those silly things as well at work all the time. Yeah. I'd say all the time, but yeah. I, I think a lot of it comes down to an ego that you got to check at the door, man. I think you're right. When you, I think you nailed it when, when you said it comes down to like testosterone pumping and I find that it is a lot of the times like more prevalent in those environments where it is like, you know, in the trades or in fighting or somewhere where you, you got like that testosterone pumping, or maybe you're trying to prove yourself or you feel like you have to kind of show off for others. I feel like, I, I think it speaks wonders to your personality. And I think it speaks wonders to how humble you've become in the last few years, especially coming from, you know, we spoke about last time when you were fighting and you got an injury and you kind of had to, realize you're like okay I'm going to take a step you know in a different direction and not see it as a step backwards but just a step in a different direction and start you know coaching a little bit more and taking a step away from you know as intense sparring or competing in this in this sport I feel like that's something that you know I struggle with I think there's a it's something that a lot of young you know I wouldn't even say young men I feel like it's something that young people struggle with is having to prove themselves or having to kind of show people that they're not afraid or they're able to do certain things that people might want to doubt them for. Yeah. I don't know how you feel about that. I couldn't agree more, man. Like that's probably one of the reasons why I got out of the trades, right? Uh, that cowboy mentality comes with a lot of stubbornness and lack of safety and lack of, I don't know what the word is, but consideration for others. Um, in my opinion, just trying to big dog one another. And it's it's a big flex to, on the next person beside you. And that that's so annoying and it's so unnecessary. Um, at the end of the day, you play for the same team, right? Like when your buddy's winning, you're winning. When you're winning, your buddy's winning. Um, I never got or understood that whole cowboy mentality and just like, Sprint, 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 sprint. To me, that's unnecessary and dangerous. Like, there's a saying that uh, a bunch of the army guys would use. I'm trying to, I don't want to butcher it here, but like, slow is fast, or smooth is slow, or slow is smooth and smooth is fast, or something like that. And I couldn't agree more, right? Like, the safer you are, the more efficient you are. In my opinion, that should be focused, safety and efficiency. And I even take that into what I do, right? Like when I teach boxing or just, you know, martial arts in general, I don't talk about sitting in the pocket and trading all the time. That's cowboy mentality, right? That, that to me is unnecessary. Like take a shot to give a shot. That's cowboy mentality. I don't like that. In my world, I'm like stick and move, stay slick, stay efficient, breathing calm relax remember like 
you trust in your movements. I don't want you to be there like this in the pocket, slugging it out, hands down, chin up, throwing bombs. Yeah, if you connect, you're going to knock it out of the park. That means the other guy can do that too. I'd rather you stay efficient, stay tight, stay smooth. Um, and that's how I translate that cowboy mentality into my world. Yeah, man. You know, speaking of what you were saying as well before, I used to have a boss that used to say this all the time. He would say, sometimes you got to slow down to speed up. And yeah. like, it's just like, dude, you got to take a step back and like actually think about what you're doing, break it down to like a step-by-step level. And it might seem like you're slowing yourself down a lot, but you're actually going to get results a lot faster. I, I couldn't agree more, man. Yeah. And I think as well, what you're saying, like coming from somebody that, you know, from being an idiot and, you know, going out and getting hit sometimes when I, I'm a little bit too mouthy when I go downtown or, or, you know, I've actually done a little bit of boxing in the past and especially playing different sports like hockey and, and rugby. I, uh, I, I really appreciate what you're saying about not, not having that mentality of like take a hit to give a hit kind of thing. I think that, you know, you could probably attest to this as well is, it, uh, it sometimes is a huge setback and it can really mess you up to get hit in the head or, you know, if you're talking about in like an actual physical fight or if you're talking about like proverbially, proverbially in your life, you know, I feel like that mentality of take a hit to give a hit can really slow you down in the long run, man. I, I, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, man. Um, another way that I look at it is, you know, that, another way that cowboy mentality translates into my world is a lot of people come and like want to learn how to box and because they've gone to these other places where they just throw you at a bag or they throw you on a guy that holds mitts and doesn't know how to do it and you're just throwing bombs and you're actually doing yourself way more harm than you think right your your foundation is so uneven and so unstable because you had that go 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 mentality Versus when you should have been patient and learning how to walk before you can run, right? Like you want to start slow so that way you can pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. And so when I teach guys, I, I make sure I tell them like, hey, man, we're going to be going slow for like a month. You're going to learn how to throw a one-two for a month. You're going to learn how to walk for a month. Um, and that translates into the construction world as well, right? Like when you start. I don't want you to have that cowboy mentality of sprint, 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 and shoot that gun and just like bump fire it. No, take your time, place those nails correctly. That way, when you want to get faster and roll with the cowboys, you can be a lot more efficient than those guys. Right? You can place every nail where it needs to be efficient and fast and smooth. Right? Um, and that's how I translate into my world as well. Yeah, and if you're like me, a big idiot apprentice who just wants to impress people, you end up shooting a nail through your hands. So really attest to uh, what you're saying right there, man. Like, take the time to learn the precision. Learn actually, like, the reason why you're doing what you're doing. And then when you go to bump fire a bunch of plywood, you don't shoot a nail through your own hands. So you can learn from my mistakes, obviously, (laughs) if you're listening to this. But do you think, like, I don't know, like, for me – I tend to learn through mistakes. Like I, I tend to learn through messing up and that's kind of how my perspective consistently shifts is, you know, I kind of do a certain thing my way and I can't really be told anything else. And then once I make enough mistakes, I'm like, damn, dude, I should really figure this out. And then I start asking more questions and I start 
know, checking my ego at the door. Do you think that, like, because obviously you spoke last time about, you know, the injury that you went through that kind of shifted you from fighting to coaching. Do you think that for yourself, it took, you know, mistakes to get that perspective shift? Or do you think that this is always like something, because you seem like really level-headed when it comes to this stuff, where you're like, man, check that cowboy ego shit at the door. Like, do you think that that's how you've always been? Or Yeah, I feel like it. I've always been like that, but then again, a lot of mistakes were made in my life that I look back at. One of the best things and things that I actually take into my everyday life, a good friend of mine, as well as the guy that I apprenticed under in construction, said to me that, like, I'd make mistakes all the time. I'm not the best carpenter. It, it, the way it is, man. Um, but he'd say to me, it's not like, it's not all the big things that define, or it's not all the things that you build that defines you as a carpenter or a good carpenter. Uh a good carpenter is defined by the mistakes you make and how fast you can fix those mistakes. And if you ever make those mistakes again, right. Um, mistakes are made, man. It's just the way it is, but how fast can you fix them? Um, and I take that into my everyday life as well as my career. Now um, I make mistakes. If you get punched in the face. You probably made a mistake, right? So how am I going to, how am I going to tone down those mistakes? How am I going to limit those errors? Um, it's as simple as like, oh, I got caught with a left hook. Okay, well, I need to elevate my right hand just a little bit more, right? Like, oh, I, my range gets stuffed. Okay, let's extend my lead hand a bit more so that I have a more efficient measuring tool. Um, mistakes are always going to be made, but it's more about how you can fix those mistakes. Uh, I've always been a level-headed guy, though, in my own sense, you know, to a point. Um, but as I get older and have more life experiences, especially in the, in like the fight game of teaching as well as like training, um, I'm learning a lot more about how to maintain a level head, especially in the sport that I'm in. People look at my sport as this testosterone filled grunting tough guy thing where it's like, Oh, this is a dumb people sport, but it's, it's not, you need to be patient. You need to be level headed. You need to be intelligent to do it. Um, and I always say to guys, like, the more relaxed you are, the more comfortable you are, the better you're going to be. And what, what I just said, you have to be level-headed, right? You can't just be, like, grr, slugging it out. But me as an individual, I've always been a pretty calm, cool, collected guy. I've literally been cracked in the face, and I'm like, what's your problem? <laughs> you know, like, I, I could, you know, make a necklace out of your teeth. But that's, <laughs> but that's not going to really solve anything, right? Like, I'll give you one more chance. We'll talk kind of thing. I, I always had a level head since I was a little kid. Man, you we got to hang out more. I could use a lot more of that. <laughs> but it's true, man. Like, you got to be calm, cool, collected anywhere you are. Or you got to at least try to be. Yeah, that's sick, man. I, I'm trying to think. I was about to ask you something. But I feel like uh... – Yeah, while I try and remember that, I was going to say this as well. I feel like fighting or any martial art really is something, you're right, like you need to keep such a level head and you need to be so adaptive because you kind of need to learn in real time. Like you said, you know, if you catch a left hook, then it's like, okay, now I've got to slow this down, think about what's the best way I can deal with this. Okay, elevate my right hand a little bit more. Like it's kind of learning in real time. It's not something that you can kind of – I mean, you could always go back and look at clips or look at, you know, tapes 
or have someone coach you through that. But that's something like if you don't learn in real time, you're going to keep catching that left hook, especially if your opponent knows, oh, I got him with that. You know, I see that opening. I'm going to keep doing it until it doesn't work anymore. Yeah. One of the things, uh, I don't know, you can relate this however you want, but it's, uh, I call it the poker face, especially when you're fighting. Um, There's one of my coaches, Dan, he says that there's two buttons, this button and this button. This is your liver. This shuts down your body. When I catch people in the body, I look for tells. I look for their face. Does their face change? Do they make a noise? Uh, does their body posture go from here to here? I look for those things. And a lot of that comes down with composure and maintaining a level head. When I get hit in the, in the liver, I don't blink. I, at least I make the effort not to change that face. I need to maintain my composure, maintain that level head. Because as soon as I get hit in that liver and I give them a tell, then it all goes downhill. Right? Like, a lot of the time I'll, I'll be sparring somebody and not just deliver shot, but I'll, I'll catch them. I'll keep catching with that big shot, big shot, big shot. Um, and they'll start to get frustrated and they lose their composure. They lose that level head. They lose all their technique and everything that they spent their time learning and focusing on and building for themselves. That goes all out the window and they clench their fists. They bite down on the mouthpiece and they start tossing hands. And that is so inefficient and not practical at all. Right? Like you spend all those days in the gym, practicing building your your tool set or your your toolbox you're you're tossing out the window as soon as you lose that composure you need to maintain that level head um yeah man um and you gotta take that into everyday life in my own opinion that's what i try and do and when i get hit with some bs like oh i can't go to i can't work right now because the gyms are closed down am i gonna lose my shit and am i gonna start running personals out of my garage like no, because some at the end of the would. day, some people yeah, some would. people would, and you know what? That's who am I to say anything to them? Like, whatever, man, that's you. That's I'm not, that doesn't affect my life. At the end of the day, if I get caught, that could screw me, right? And I need to look at the big picture, I need to maintain my level head, stay calm, cool, collected, and composed, and see how everything plays out. In the meanwhile, I'll find other ways to make an income, um, I'll find other ways to occupy my time. I'll find other ways to better myself in the long run. That way, when things do open up again, I'm more than ready, right? Do you think that that's like the most transferable lesson from fighting into your real life or or outside of sport, I guess, is a better way to say it? Because I was going to ask you, I just remembered the question I was going to ask you, which is, what do you think are like the lessons that you transferred from fighting or coaching and, and started to use them in your real life? Like, what are some of the ways that you kind of, adapted from fighting and it's kind of made you i guess more effective more efficient or just kind of a better man or a better person in your real life um i'd say patience composure and communicating like communication skills uh communication skills are huge man you use them every single day and people forget about it um one of the things i've always thought about and i stick by is when i talk to somebody um one you need to know your audience right? Know your audience. The other thing is uh, choice of words, tone of voice. And I, that's something that I learned over time, especially in relationships, is just being able to really understand like how you are communicating to somebody and how that person absorbs what you're saying. I'm not saying walk around on eggshells, 
like I said, know your audience. Um, patience is a big one because for me, like I'm not a fast learner. I'm not, I have to grind it out, grind it out, grind it out, grind it out. And one thing that I admire is from a lot of my teachers, they're patient people, right? They, they really stood by me, made sure I got it. Once I was good, we're good. You know what I mean? So I, that's one thing I bring into my everyday life. Um, one other thing that I also bring into my everyday life is kill it with kindness, right? Um, that's my first line of offense, I guess. Um, I like to brush things off or kill it with kindness. I, I'm not a very aggressive person as is. Like I said, like, yeah, I, I teach people how to punch each other in the face, lack of a better word, but that's never the first answer. That, that should be like the very last answer. Kill it with kindness, communicate properly, smile, right? Um, and these are some of the things that I've taken from the world of like coaching, especially the sport that I do, into my everyday life, right? When I, when I go to work, I'm friends with everybody that I train with or come to see me. I, I, I greet them with a smile. How's it going, man? It's all good. I'm very patient with my with my clients. Um, and that's something that I take into everyday life. I'm at the grocery store. I'm getting barked at by some guy on the street. Like, um, one of the, I got a funny story. I, I remember, it was funny. I was all dressed to the nines. Just looking pretty dope. Got a sick outfit on. Hanging out at New West Station and waiting for my date and this guy I'm on the phone with my buddy and this guy came up to me pretty intoxicated middle of the day and he started to pick a fight with me when I was on the phone bad and there's move. literally bad oh move. bad move <laughs> but you know if you okay if you look at us on paper we don't know anything about this guy he's drunk eating olives out of a jar and just like doing his great thing, snack, yeah, great snack. And then there's me, just like kind of looking like this pretty boy, but on paper, like I don't know, I'm gonna take your lunch money, you know. <laughs> and I could have easily turned around and said it's go time, right? You saying yeah. lots of things to me. He was he was pushing buttons that you know if you push them enough, I'll probably you know I'll. I'll I'll say something for me though. I'm on the phone. I'm chilling. I know that, you know, if I approach this with violence or derogatory language or something, it's not going to go well. It's not. So I need to be patient. One. I also need to stay sharp and aware of my surroundings. Um, but also I'm going to kill the kindness. Smile. I just smile. And then he goes, you talking to me? No, I'm on the phone as you can see, smiling, right? Like, just kill it with kindness. I'm not gonna hit you unless you hit me. And I'll, I probably won't hit you if you hit me. I'll probably do other shit so I don't have to hit you. But like, and that just shows you that like, I take what I do every day of being nice and kind and patient. I take it to even the most like crazy points in my life, right? And that, that scenario has actually happened to me a few times. And none of those times I've ever had to throw hands. Not once. Because I'm patient and I just kill it with kindness. Like, hey man, it's all good. Uh, nope. <laughs> when I say, 
no, I got no problem. It really means you don't want this smoke. (laughs) 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 That's what this really means. But I need to translate it in a way that you can understand that, (laughs) right? Choice of words, tone of voice. (laughs) I love that, man. I feel like it's always the guys that can... uh... I can mess somebody up the most that are the most like calm and patient in those scenarios. Like I feel like it's the people that almost like have that self doubt or feel like they need to prove it to prove themselves to others that are either the loudest talkers or the first people to act. I feel like it's the people that kind of have the best knowledge of those situations. They're able to sit back and kind of assess the situation, kind of watch how it plays out before they react. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's actually, Another one of the reasons why I probably got out of construction was because um, I was dealing with guys that just didn't know how to communicate. Like, it was very childish. And to the point where it actually almost pushed me over the edge where I couldn't keep myself composed. Um, and I knew that wasn't going to be okay. So one of the last resorts I did was just, you know, take yourself out of that situation. Um, and that's what I did. I literally quit my job that next day. I was like, no, I'm, I'm cool without this, man. Like I'm getting to the point where I might get physical. No, that's, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. And I don't want to be identified as someone that's, you know, that uses violence to get his point across. That's not my style. Um, and that's That's actually one of the big reasons I got out of construction because I, I lost sight of, uh, my communication skills. That's huge, man. I actually, I've got, uh, I've had similar experiences in, in, I guess it's not really the same situation, but I found that one of my old jobs, I'm not really going to go into details, but there was a lot of things about that job, you know, it was actually while I was managing the gym, where I found myself, you know, not really acting true to the way that I feel like I should be, or I feel like I am. Excuse me. And I kind of felt very similar to the way that you're explaining where it's like, this is starting to turn me. I I can see it start to change or alter my behaviors and my actions and the way I speak to people and the way I react to people. And I'm just going to flat out remove myself from the situation and try and start to do something else. Yeah. I think, uh, I think you did the right thing, man. Like you need to remove yourself from a situation that you're uncomfortable with. Um, unless you can properly and efficiently and safely talk your way out of it, you yeah. know, um, at the end of the day, just take yourself out of the situation. One of the things that I uh, say to a lot of my clients, especially with my, my protege, my day one, Rakiba, um, we had a conversation a while back was she was, she was sparring and she was throwing hands and the other person was throwing hands and she kept getting caught and caught and caught in the pocket. Then I tell her, like, well, then why don't you just leave the situation? She's like, well, I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be a bitch. Like, I I need to keep fighting. Like, but why? Like, remove yourself from the situation. If you don't like where the fight is, get out of that area. So I said to her, circle, big circle until you have space in the ring. Then reapproach your opponent, also known as the situation, in a different space. And take the fight where you want it to go. Um... You don't have to sit there and trade. Move. Get out of that situation. Breathe. Relax. Reassess the situation. Then enter again. Right? And that's a fighting analogy that I use every day. 
If you don't like the fight, if you don't like where the fight is, take the fight somewhere else. If you don't like to stand with the guy, take him down. If you don't like getting taken down, sprawl, get up, and pick and poke. Right? If you don't like sitting in the pocket, frame off, circle, re-enter with jabs. Right? Um, and that's how another way you can kind of translate my world into the everyday life. Yeah, because at the end of the day, like dealing with your opponent and dealing with a challenge in your life are kind of really similar that way. Like you sometimes need to either take a step back and have a perspective shift or just kind of view it from a different area or view it from a different angle, I guess, right? 100%. And take it to where you want to take it. Don't get stuck in a place where you don't feel comfortable, right? Um, there's no point bleeding in places where you don't need to be bleeding, right? Go somewhere where you, you're comfortable and happy and, you know, it, it becomes effortless to you. Like, if I look at it and I really kind of take it into my life, I didn't like construction. Um, I was not good at it. I just did it. And it did me a lot of harm, right? I wish I found what I did a lot sooner. So what did I do? I took the fight, my life. I got out of that area. I circled out to a place where I know I'm good, which is, you know, teaching and holding pads and communi communicating with clients. I went there and now the fight's going my way, right? Yeah, so, Yeah, like just take that whole situation, you know, peace out, frame off, circle out, pick and poke. <laughs> I feel like you're a really epic example of like actually just kind of taking your passion, taking something that you really love to do and then figuring out a way to make money by doing it. Mm -hmm. Well, the thing is, I think the trick to that is, and it's not like I'm bawling, that's not what I'm doing, but it's more about like money wasn't the thing that made me do it. It was actually like happiness. Um, I didn't think I was going to make a lot of money doing this. Who would have um, thought that chasing happiness would have made you a happier <laughs> guy, eh? Exactly. Wow. Man. <laughs> um, but, you know, the money will come. Like, it's all good, man. The money will come if you really like it that much. Um, but money should never be the reason why you do it. Like, I didn't do it for the cash. I, I went and did it for my own personal health. Like, I have no bad days and that and that to me is more valuable than any dollar. You know what I mean? Like there are no bad days. Not one. It's all good. I'm That's stoked. what the sticker on the back of my truck says, man. I love that. No bad days, that baby. Dope. Yeah, dude. So it's sick. true, man. Oh man, it's so sick. <laughs> Unreal. Circling back, I wanted to go back to something because this is something that I actually do struggle with in my life all the time. Like literally, you can talk to any of my buddies asking this question. It's something that I actually do struggle with. You know, I, I, you know, I've danced with this issue pretty much my whole life. And it's something that I can kind of cognitively turn on and off sometimes. But you were talking earlier about knowing your audience. And when I worked in sales, there is obviously a side of me that could filter a lot of the things that I say, but I feel like there's a constant battle in my head sometimes of being like kind of, I guess, authentic to who I am and then filtering things to kind of knowing my audience or, or kind of speaking to my audience properly. Like how do you kind of balance like being authentic to yourself and how do you kind of balance that 
with being appropriate and knowing your audience because I'm sure that I'm probably not the only one that struggles with this and it's something I've been looking into a lot more recently but if someone's listening to this and they kind of have a similar issue that I do like how do you balance being authentic and knowing your audience and filtering that out that's such a good question the only man I don't know if this helps at all like the best way I can explain is um (laughs) like a chameleon I guess a chameleon changes colors, but it's always a chameleon. All the colors of the chameleon are the colors of the chameleon. It just changes, right? Due to its environment or wherever it is, temperature, all this type of shit. And I don't know, like, the chameleon's not lying to you. Um, the chameleon is what it is. It, these are all the chameleon. How do I explain this? Um, yeah, it's not lying to you. It's just, I don't know. Yeah, it's not going to put on appearance. a suit. It's not going to... No, it's not no. It's, it's, out of a mug, it's like, not an elephant. Know, like, yeah. yeah, it's not going to tell you it's an elephant. It's right. still a chameleon, right? And that's how I kind of look at it. Like, when I talk to you or on this podcast, trust me, it's different than when I would talk to, you know, the boys at the gym, but it is the real me. I'm not lying to you. I am knowing my audience. I'm just right. trying to get my point across in a different way. It, it's still me. I'm not feeding you lies, right? Um, and I think at the end of the day, it almost changes. It almost comes down to, like I said, choice of words and tone of voice. Um, I'm just changing the type of language I'm using dependent on who I'm around, right? I'm not, I'm not lying. And I'm not putting on a, a show. This is just me communicating to who you are or whoever they are in a different way yeah man and as somebody that has spoken to you as one of the boys in the gym i'm gonna say like you do a really good job of staying authentic and true to yourself both in the gym and you know when you do come on the show when you come on the podcast because i I feel like each time i'm talking the same guy yeah and you know what even thank you i really appreciate that man and the other way i think about it is like bringing them back to like teaching a variety of different types of people that learn differently right like i'm going to teach you or communicate to you a different way than i can teach or communicate to this person you guys are both getting the real me i'm just trying to translate it in a way that you guys understand that's huge man that's absolutely huge man that's so sick. And I, I honestly, I got to say, I can't wait until we do this next episode because I know we're going to do another one again. But of course, I'm going to have to let you go pretty soon. Before I do, I'm going to kind of do a little bit of my own little thing and just say, if anybody has you know, gained any perspective shifts from this, if you gained any value, if we entertained you at all, even, if, uh, if you think that any of your friends or family members can benefit from hearing messages like this, then please do. Share this type of stuff with your friends and family members, anybody that you care about that you think that can benefit from this. If, if you're watching this on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. If you listen to the podcast, and please continue to follow along with it. But if you're looking for Joey on Instagram, you can find him at Sapperton Scrapper. Is it the Sapperton Scrapper? No, it's just Sapperton Scrapper, right? Sapperton Scrapper. Beautiful. I want you to give people a little bit of message uh, I guess a message that could spread some positivity or spread some motivation, man. You take your pick, but give a message to the people. And uh, I guess you don't need to plug yourself. I just did it for you. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. Um, I think, you know, 
you know, out of this podcast, the thing that I'm taking home with me is uh, I'm really going to reinforce my communication skills. I'm going to really look at uh, my tone of voice and how my words can possibly affect someone else. I'm going to look at my tone of voice and choice of words um, and really reevaluate my own communication skills. That's what I really took out of this. Um, whether you guys want to do that or not, that's up to you. But I think it's a very valuable skill to have. Know your audience, man. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And if anyone has any questions, I mean, in regards to fighting, in regards to coaching, in regards to anything that we've spoken about today, feel free to jump on Instagram, jump on Facebook, jump on the YouTube comments, wherever you want. You can feel free to message Sapton Scrapper, Joey over here, or you can feel free to message myself. If you have any questions for Joey the next time I have him on the show, then feel free to message them to me or to him, and we'll definitely try our very best to talk about the different topics that you either comment or message us about. But other than that, man, that's, that's amazing, dude. Thank you so much for tonight, man. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much for having me. I always had a good time, man. It's sweet. It's beautiful, man. Well... Say farewell, say peace out, and thank you to everybody that joined us tonight. Thanks, man. Peace out. Peace.